2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: This is Leaf's morning take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now
0: we got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill.
1: 30 minutes of live non-stop Leaf's talk starts now. What is good? Happy Wednesday. Presented by PointsBet Canada. It's the Wednesday edition of Least Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. And Jay, I tell you, after the Leafs win, it just hits differently on this show, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it always does. There's less griping and bitching and complaining and more uh, more positive things to
1: talk about, which who doesn't like that? Speaking of which, uh, and I said this off the air, I'll say it on the air. I think uh, the Devils fan base is rapidly growing into my shit list, man. Like, they just complain about everything. It was all over Twitter last night. They complain about that game in November. Last time I checked, all that matters is the Stanley Cup playoffs. If If you're bitching and complaining about a random game against the Maple Leafs in March, then you're not after the right thing, are you?
0: Yeah, you were saying that you're getting hot and heavy in Twitter there, and uh, those Devils
1: fans were getting under your thick skin. I'm surprised, Nicholas. My goodness. Yeah, I know. It's the first uh, first time for everything with yours truly going after something and someone on social media and Twitter. Uh, speaking of which, you got a great guest today, former Devil, but you know him very well. 2008 Stanley Cup champion, scored seven times. In that Stanley Cup final uh, run for the Washington Capitals, it is Devontae Smith-Pelly. He'll roll by in about 10 minutes from now. By the way, did you see last night's game? And there was just so much to cover. Like, in this opening block, I like to do something funny or creative or different. Uh, I was going to play the tummy sticks clip that I I tagged you in on uh, on Twitter yesterday with Stutzla and Reichel, like, hugging it out. Like, what the fuck is going on? It's the National League, man. But I had to play this one for you. I'm not sure if you've seen it just yet, but Tony D'Angelo was still a piece of shit. Oh
0: yeah, Look at this. I saw this all Look over this. the place. Boink. oh, Ugh. dude, his fucking leg is off the ground. He's leaning into it so much, like didn't even try to do with like the one-handed one or whatever. Right to the crotch, too. Like, oh, he's already got a meeting. He's in. He's toast. He's in big trouble for that. And. Katy Perry can get under people's skins, man, and I don't know if D'Angelo is known for doing that kind of shit, but man, that's a greasy, greasy spear in the National League. How do you not think you're going to A, cause a melee like that where six guys are pummeling you and you're going to get suspended for sure?
1: Really was incredible, but for me, the uh, the cherry on top was the player he did it to. And I think if you read comments and you know replies on Twitter, there was actually some people happy. I don't care who it is who gets speared, man. It could be the the person I hate the most on this planet. That stinks. It absolutely stinks, and there's no place in the game for it. Like I would throw the book at him. I, I'm not kidding, man. Like that fucking hurts, and I think it's the most gutless play in hockey, quite frankly.
0: What do you think they're gonna just chuck six, eight games at him? What's you know over under here seven.
1: I would say I would make Philadelphia play D'Angelo thirty minutes a night for three straight games, and and in, and in, instead of suspending him because he's been so bad this year that actually putting him on the ice would make the Flyers lose more. How about that? Jesus. <laughs>
0: Why not? I don't know. I got the over under at seven. I think they're gonna chuck it at him. You think I'm so? I think it might go. I don't know, man. They're not scared. But then again, it's not a headshot and stuff like that. But spearing yeah. a guy in the nuts, as blatant as it is, I mean, and they're not in a race or nothing. It's going to be no consequence to, to bury yeah, him true. right now. I don't know. They might send a message.
1: We'll see. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review, wherever you're checking us out. Don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Also, starting Monday, here we go. We've been teasing it for weeks. We'll be taking our show live over to our YouTube page at the Leafs Nation 401. As you can see on your screen, we're nine subscribers away from 1,000. It's been a magical two-week journey. So make sure you're subscribed because you won't find us starting on Monday if you're checking out the Nation Network YouTube page, which again you should be subscribed to as well. But again, the Leafs Nation 401, the live show is heading on over there starting on Monday. So don't you dare miss it. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns? Drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube, and we'll get to them a bit later on on the show. But for now, let's get over the boards. Oh, it feels so good uh, to to win a hockey game, but uh, most importantly against the New Jersey Devils. The domination continues, and this is all I was doing on social media, by the way. I was pointing out the facts. Austin Matthews has 14 goals in 15 career games against the Devils. The Leafs are 10-0-1 in the last 11 overall against the Devils, and they went 2-0-1 against them this season. Uh, A really, really gutsy effort considering no O'Reilly and no John Tavares.
0: Yeah, it's weird. This group, man, they like, I think I said it yesterday. They like being the underdog. They like having their back against the wall. I said, they're going to probably be plus money in this game. Why not jump on them? Because Mm -hmm. they beat good teams. They beat teams when they're depleted. They beat teams when they are tired and banged up and the end of the road trip and things are going shitty, whatever it is, they seem to bounce back really well. They seem to respond to Tough, tough conditions. And I realize that they tend to shit their pants against really bad hockey teams. But again, like you touched on earlier, it's irrelevant. We're talking about the playoffs. We're talking about playing good teams. We're talking about being able to step up when your back's against the wall. And the Maple Leafs keep doing that this year. They don't go on long, on long losing streaks by any stretch. They can beat big teams. They can beat big teams when they're hurt. They got depth. They can move guys around the lineup and make it work. And that's a that's a good sign.
1: Yeah, to get everything straight, they couldn't beat Arizona this year. they struggled against Montreal, but they pick up five of the possible six points against the New Jersey Devils. Like, makes sense of that for me, but I digress. Uh, Ilya Samsonov, I thought, was really, really strong, especially in the first period where he went 15 for 15. The fact that Toronto managed to walk out of that first frame into the intermission 0-0 was like a miracle to me, man. The Devils were all over them in that first frame
0: yeah, it wasn't a good start. I tweeted something about the shots. I was like, are you kidding I me? Saw I that. Was, uh, yeah. It was like, yikes, what is going on out there? Are we just going to get absolutely pumped here and then go home limping back to Toronto, which just is a shitty way to end a road trip like that. But uh, they were able to rebound and, and, and readjust what they were doing, which is also another good sign. I think sometimes in the past, these Leafs have, you know, when they get behind the eight ball, they just spin their wheels and they can't get anything going. And, they did the opposite of that and then another huge third period to to win a gutsy road game where you know a lot of people had them pegged uh to be losing the game including vegas and they're depleted and their goalie might have been hurt warm up again and you got guys playing on third lines and fourth lines and first lines and all over the bloody place and Justin Hall still in the lineup, so you just never know what's going to happen. And they pull it off, man. It's a great win, a good win to watch, and one of those ones where the fans are just really, really pleased. It's not the most meaningful game in the world, but they showed a lot of uh, they showed a lot of grit and character, which is huge this time of year.
1: I didn't think Hall was great, but he did make a great pass. Uh, the headman pass to set up the uh, the bunting goal from Kampf. Uh That was a great pass on both sides of the uh, the puck there. And uh, really, really incredible stuff. But yeah, I think he uh, he did struggle once again. And Ilya Samsonov, by the way, you're referencing that he got a bit dinged up in the uh, warm-up. He went on to say he got actually hit in the nuts. So uh, he can uh, equate what uh, Corey Perry was dealing with yesterday. Same thing with Ilya Samsonov. And again, no worse for wear in the game. Um do you comprehend the type of run that Alex Kerfoot is on right now, Rosie? He is now goalless in 19 straight games. He has one goal in the past 28 games, and he played in the top line last night. What would you make of his effort?
0: Oh, I can contemplate it. I've gone 28 <laughs> games without scoring plenty of times. But for a guy like him that's playing with those big boys and he's getting the chances, man. And I mean, when you haven't scored in a while and, and you get that chance that you should bury – it's like slow motion and your eyes get big and you really kind of grip it a little bit. And I mean, this is me talking, so this is obvious, but when a guy like him's doing it and getting chance after chance, you'd think he just pot one and guys get snake bitten all the time. Some of the best players in the world go through it. But I mean, geez, for a guy like that to get those many looks and to, to just not be able to finish, you just gotta, you just gotta bear down and finish one of them. And he's probably bearing down too much and it's just not going in. He's snake bitten, but uh He's definitely getting the opportunity last night. And, I mean, what a good story it would be for him to get on a roll here and get the monkey off his bat for him to pot one last night and just, again, couldn't bloody do it, which I'm sure he's as frustrated as anybody. But, yeah, when you get a look like that, it would have been a nice story. But he cannot finish to the back of the net.
1: There's Snake Button, then there's Alex Kerfoot. Like, you could even tell early on it just wasn't, again, going to be his night. He had a fantastic opportunity, I think, on the first ship set up and he missed the net by about 17 feet um and and I actually tweeted out Michael Bunting probably scores that one we did see Bunting score so he responds I mean to your point yesterday as well maybe they just know what buttons to push with Bunting I thought it was one of his better games but I'm just I'm at wit's end like I know it's only been a couple games and a couple shifts but I do not want to see any more of Kerfoot with Matthews and Marner would you agree with that
0: yeah I mean he's not a guy that should be there I mean the skill and the the mindset of those two players beside him are, are beyond him. And I think that he'd be the first one to admit that he's not a top handful of players in the NHL, but when you got to get to the open ice and, and get that puck, you got to finish it. And, and you got to find those guys when you have the puck and get the puck in their hands. And I mean, they had chances and whatnot. He's not the worst guy in the world to be on there by any stretch of the imagination, but when he's just hasn't scored in so long and it's, It's wearing on his mind and it's on his back. And I'm sure he's gripping his stick a little bit. It definitely makes it that much harder. I don't think he's going to be there forever. We're not going to start the playoffs with that opening face-off being those three guys right there together. But uh, I don't know. I don't put a lot of stock into it. I think a guy like him can easily just shake the, the monkey off his back. He's good with depth. He can play a little bit and get some... Get some offense going. He's just really, really snake bitten right now. I don't think I'm as concerned as you are, but it is getting frustrating having to see his chances just go by the wayside constantly.
1: I, I, I don't think you heard what I said. He's got 19 <laughs> games in a row. He hasn't scored a goal, <laughs> and, and one in 28. Like that's. that's I don't think you heard what stuff. I
0: said. That's normal for <laughs> <I> elite <did. laughs> players.
1: I don't know. Matthew scores like every third game. neilander scores every game. Marner scores every third game. Fuck, Perfoot's Camp scored more guys. than this guy. Kerfoot's not guys. Yeah, well, I know. Then you're in trouble. If if it's if it's Austin Matthew scoring one in 28, you're in trouble big time. But oh, yeah. no doubt about it, Kerfoot has to be an X factor for this team. Very like Nick Paul, like where Brandon hagel type for this team to do something substantial coming up in the spring. mere moments away from Devonte Smith-Pelly. First, I want to get your quick thoughts on Sam Lafferty. We were laughing about it yesterday. At least I was. 2C Sam Lafferty, but man, he was tremendous last night. I thought in general, the croak lafferty lander line stole the show, combined one goal, three assists, plus three. And most importantly, the Meyer-Hughes-Brat line, who they played a lot against last night, a combined minus five, no points on the night.
0: Yeah, Timo Meyer, who wanted that guy? That guy is dust hit a rough game but uh <laughs> sam lafferty you know one of the one of the depth players in the trade accusations here this uh accusations this year is um is really shining man that guy can buzz i like he's he's fast he's physical Got a motor. he can make plays yeah. he can like what a beautiful play that was to nylander last uh yesterday with those three or to yarn croak sorry Obviously Willie Neelander's doing all that, but I mean you got to play there with him and be part of the plays, and he just keeps shining. Everyone's ranting and raving about him on Twitter, and that's what you need in the in the playoffs. That's the guys that fill in and and get those big plays and get those goals and um you know contribute. And I think he's a wicked addition so far, and he's showing that he can move up and down the lineup too. There's tons of uh, utility in this guy.
1: He's got a motor, man. It's the best thing to see. And certainly, I think, as we've seen early on here in his tenure as a Maple Leaf, he is gaining the trust quickly of the coaching staff, man. To throw him out there already in what his third or fourth game as the 2C against a team like New Jersey, where you know you're going to go on a nightly basis or on a shift-by-shift basis, I should say, against the Hughes line. I know they were limited in options, but still, like you, there's a will, there's a way. You had Michael Bunting on your fourth line, for crying out loud. So I think it just speaks to the respect they have already for Sam Lafferty. Speaking of respect, uh, today's guest won a Stanley Cup in 2018, and he was the X Factor we've been talking about all show long already. It's Devante Smith-Pelly joining us now here on Leafs Morning Take. What's up, Devo? How are you, guys? Fantastic. Uh, When's the last time you saw the ugly mug of Jay Rosehill?
2: Besides FaceTime a couple weeks ago from you. um, True. We played together, wow, 10 years (laughs) ago, so I haven't seen him since. Crazy, Yeah, that was a long eh? time, ago. Yeah, yeah. A long time we, ago. We
0: played together during the lockout. I, uh, yep. I was off with Toronto, and my contract was expired, and needed somewhere to play. So I went to uh, Norfolk to just keep playing and try to wait for the league to open up. And uh, we were in that uh, Ducks organization together, and we were. Yeah. The Norfolk team was bottom of the basement. I remember Bob Murray coming and screaming himself <laughs> red at how bad we were, oh. saying, you, you guys think you're going to be up with <clears> the, <throat> the Ducks when, when this league goes? You're out of your mind. And I'll just rattle yeah. off a few names like Patty Maroon, Sammy Vatnan, Peter Holland, Devo Smith Pelly, Kyle Palmieri, Frederick Anderson, Caputi, Emerson Edom, Troy Bode, Hampus Lindholm, Zolnerchuk. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like I'm leaving guys off with hundreds of games. We should have been yeah, done. We were terrible. Yeah. We were <laughs> and then terrible. what happened? Is, as soon as the lockout ended, as soon as the lockout ended, guess what happened? Every one of those guys up to the Ducks. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. You went on to bigger. What do you remember about that time, Diego?
2: Um. No, that time was fun. Honestly. Um. That was, you know, I played in the NHL the year before, but I was the youngest guy on the team. Like, no one near my age at all. So kind of boring so it was good to that lockout year we had all the guys drafted with me there all the guys from uh you know the draft before there just fun playing with guys like your own age for for the first time in pro hockey so we had uh maybe a little bit too much fun but we had we had some fun
1: No, that's good. There's no such thing as too much fun. And it it really was a magical journey, man. Like I remember covering you in junior hockey, you know, drafted by the Ducks and you win that Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that sort of narrative and that story and that that journey for you because you played a big time role in that cup run for the Washington Capitals. But first and foremost, the Leafs, a big win against the New Jersey Devils last night. Uh, What have you made of the body of work of this team and and the win last night? I mean,
2: man, they're they're always good. Like, I'm from here. I've always been a Leaf fan. Um, You know, these teams are always good. It's just, it's hard for me to get excited until the playoffs. That's just how I've always seen it. And I can't trust them, so I don't know. Like, but they're obviously a really good team. That was a big win last night. I mean, against, you know, obviously another good team. But to me, just from being here, living here my whole life, I'm afraid to, actually trust them and give them a, you know, all my fandom.
0: (laughs) For (laughs) good reason. What, uh, do you follow anyone else that you played for? Do you kind of Leafs guy now, or do you watch much hockey? Do you just follow guys you used to play with or what's your story with them (sighs) now?
2: Yeah, I just follow, um, you know, my friends, I've been watching the caps a little bit. Um, that's pretty much it. I watch my friends. I watch, you know, the Leaf games, obviously I'm here. So, It's hard to escape. Um, But, you know, I'm not watching like a whole heap of hockey. I'm just picking, you know, if I see one of my friends are playing or a couple of my friends are playing against each other, I'll I'll tune in. But, you know, it's not like I'm sitting down with, uh, you know, the game pass and watching uh, 50 games every night.
1: Yeah, understandable. You're living your life. You're doing your thing now. Um, So you look at this Leafs team, and, and (laughs) and I've referenced it throughout the show. Like, I think you played a unique role in that cup run, Devo. Seven huge goals for that team. And played an instrumental role like you look at this maple east roster right now and earlier we talked about alex kerfoot are there are there some guys that stand out for you that can that you can say safely hey that he can be me you know he can be that standout guy the x-factor guy who helps put this team over the top
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think a guy like Kerfoot, I mean, I think when it comes down to it, and the playoffs are happening, he's not going to be up there. So he's going to get easier matchups. So, you know, a guy like him, Jan Kroc, uh anyone in the bottom six can can be that guy. So, I, I mean, if you look at the bottom six, you know, I, I know a lot of the, the, those guys get the flack, but they're producing pretty well. Everyone's doing pretty well in that bottom six, playing well, doing well, contributing. So, you know, all it takes for you is to get hot for two and a half months, three months, and and that changes everything.
1: What do you remember about that run, man? Like, it just seemed like every time I tuned in for a Caps game in that postseason, and again, it was just a crazy story how you guys were up against it against Columbus, I believe, in the first round. Mm-hmm. And every time I looked, you scored a big-time <laughs> fucking goal. Like, did you do the same thing every day? Like, are you a superstitious guy?
2: Um well that team is was super superstitious like everything we did was like the same thing every single day so um for that 2 months I didn't practice all we did was morning skate um I think at the start I maybe practiced once didn't like how I felt so I was just like all right I'm not <laughs> practicing didn't even show up to the rink on most of those days I would just you know we would just go home until the game so that's what I would do Um, but that whole team was so superstitious. Everything we did down to the, you know, going on the ice, that whole day was just all like routine and rehearsed and it was pretty funny. And, um, I guess it worked. What
0: is is Ovi leading that charge or what's his role (laughs) in all of that?
2: Yeah. He's got all his quirks and his, (laughs) I don't know, you see him yelling in the, in the hallway. He's got all these different things that, you know, the superstitions aren't like, you know, it's not like if you don't do it, guys are freaking out. It's just, just habit and just having fun and just doing the same thing. And, uh, but he definitely is leading the way with, uh, with volume and, and just things in, in general.
1: Can you clarify the pregame meal? I know the guys in Spit and Chicklets have talked about this uh, before, <laughs> uh, specifically Biz Nasty. Is it, is it pasta every day? Uh,
2: yeah, it's, uh, I think it's chicken parm and pasta and like, three different cups of sauce mixed in and it it was like <laughs> it was crazy i i don't know how he does it. i don't know how his stomach is not like just going crazy after that but it works it works and he try always tries to get guys to eat it and um i'm sure guys have tried it and it definitely didn't last long because it's not good for the stomach for sure
1: Rosie? yeah
0: fuck. some of those i think everyone in the show like those pre-game meals are ridiculous like huge carbo load at like noon cap it off with a bowl of ice cream and some garlic bread and then go sleep for three hours like (laughs) the nutritionists were just pulling their hair out going what the fuck are you guys doing you're at this level and this is what you're doing and everyone's just like back away nutritionist lady we this is what we've been doing since we were 14.
2: (laughs) Yeah yeah and that's your time to shine because you know during the 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 week and you're not playing you know you're trying to keep it relatively tight and that's your time where carbs are encouraged so you make sure you get all of them
1: oh definitely i do that on a daily basis i'm not even a hockey player it's a broadcast routine <laughs> for yours truly i'm very superstitious <laughs> on that front uh so you talk about alex ovechkin i wanted to have you on a couple weeks ago obviously he's chasing history mm-hmm. uh what was it like to play with ov do you have any good good ov stories obviously from winning that stanley <laughs> cup and like just what are your general thoughts on this uh this you know this this journey i mean we're gonna see this it's it's, it's gonna happen isn't it yeah yeah. Um,
2: it's hard to explain. I mean, you, you have all these ideas of how he's actually going to be when before you get there. And I show up and he's the first guy to, you know, with open arms, nicest guy, willing to do anything for everyone on the team. Like, it, it's crazy. Um, you know, and it's, it's nuts that, you know, when I play with him, I think he scored a 600th and it's like you're not really thinking about he's he's actually going to get there. And then you know he scores fifty again and fifty again. And it's like okay, well now we're now we're talking uh, we're getting close here. So to me, I, I don't at this point I don't think there's any doubt. Um, and it's it's amazing that I got a chance to to play with him.
0: What? Uh, how many cup parties did you attend? Because uh, it seemed like <laughs> from the outside, Obi <laughs> was that. leading the charge there on that celebration. <laughs>
2: Um. Well, any Toronto area one I I went to, um, and then mine was in in the middle of that. So I had a a long couple weeks, a long couple days into mine. Um, You know, after we initially won, we did the parade. We had you know two or three full team day parties, and then um, you know the guys with wives and kids had to go attend to that. So the other guys, me included, we kept it going for like a another seven to ten days and it was it was uh it was a lot it was fun though it was a lot but um i wouldn't change it for the world i believe Divo,
1: that. i haven't asked you um were you at tom wilson's party at addison like five six days after you won the cup um probably because <laughs> dude i i, I have like the, the most dude i have the most <laughs> funny story about that fucking exchange so we were, we we went to Addison. I'm sure you remember Addison. I think it's on Wellington or it mm-hmm. was on Wellington. It used to be. Well, a, that's a where my that's place. where mine, uh, my cup okay. party was like the late night part. Yeah. OK, so, yeah, you know, the spot, um, my buddy, who's like the biggest Capitals fan ever, like he has a tattoo mm-hmm. of a cup 2018 on his arm. That That's how big of a fan he is. We uh we got I guess he got wind that Tom Wilson was was doing his Stanley Cup party there, so he he got a bunch of the boys together, some of the some of the ladies as well. We headed over, and you know like the guest list guy, like he drops Tom. Yeah, He's like, yeah, yeah, we're here for Tom. We're here for Tom. They let us through, and Tom Wilson and his people weren't there yet, so we literally ordered the bottles, and then we knew like <laughs> that time was coming when the Wilson crew was coming through, like thirty minutes later. Yeah. And like initially, it was really, really awkward. But I think, as you know, like, dude, it's so funny. Like, he was the nicest dude ever. Like, he he gave no fucks. And maybe it's because they won the Stanley. You guys won the Stanley Cup a couple days before. But I'll always remember mm-hmm. that. Is sort of we just jumped into Tom Wilson's bottle service.
2: Yeah, no, that that's him. I mean, you see how he plays. He's well, he's a freak out there. But um, <laughs> you know, he's he's a great guy. He's a that that doesn't surprise me at all that he would. uh you know, just just let that happen and just shrug his shoulder and pay the bill and
1: keep it moving. Yeah, pretty much what happened, and we thank him for that. <laughs> I still thank him to this day. Um, so just a couple more on the Leafs We'll let you go. Uh, how do you think they stack up against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Obviously, we all know who the first-round opponent's going to be. Um, as somebody who's dealt with adversity, obviously, you know, being a member of the Washington Capitals, finally getting over that hump, uh, we're still waiting to see if the Leafs can do it, but how do you think they stack up against Tampa here?
2: I mean they stack up well. They always stack up well. Um you know, they've got the high end guys. Now they've switched up and got a little bit more um you know, sandpaper at the bottom speed. They they've got a really good team, a really deep team. And they always stack up well. It's just that one goal. That one, I mean there's so much is being made of you know, them losing in the first round all these years, they've been one goal away every single time. It's just, you know, in that game six, when they're leading the series, they get a power play. If they score then, we're talking about totally different circumstances. So they always stack up well. It's just they need that timely goal from the bottom six or the big guys. Anyone, anyone, just someone needs to do it.
1: Do you remember the moment uh in your cup run where you maybe woke up the next day and you're like we're gonna fucking do this we're gonna we're gonna win this whole damn thing do you met was there a specific moment in that run do you remember um i mean i remember when we beat the penguins like the
2: celebration was so was huge. like yeah it was so big and you're you still celebrating tell... to this day <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and you can just tell how much it meant to like all those guys that have been there forever um to me, I think that was like the turning point. Obviously, we still had to play Tampa and we still had to keep it going. But that, you could just tell that was like just a big monkey off everyone's back. And then we went and we like dominated Tampa the next two games. Obviously, the series ended up going to seven. But you could tell like after that, those, uh, you know, that specific overtime win, like, you know, something special is going to happen. So I think in regards to the Leafs, like this is, they get by this hump I'm like now we're talking about some uh, a, a bit of a run here
1: and you never know boston could be that hump although they haven't won a playoff series first and foremost you gotta focus on tampa and i still got goosebumps man mm-hmm. i was looking back on youtube last night john walton's call of you guys winning it all that's my guy johnny walton out in washington mm-hmm. man just just absolute goosebumps you know my boys peter bondra as well so some great things happening with the capitals obviously in a bit of a retool period right now but they still have Ovi on that mm-hmm. roster uh, Devo, thanks so much for the time and reliving the memories with us, buddy.
2: Thanks, guys. I'll see you guys soon.
1: Good to Sounds see you, Devo. good. That's my main man, Devontae Smith-Pelly, an absolute legend. Great dude. Uh, 2018 Stanley Cup champion, and it's ah, uh, it's so amazing to me because it's so hard to differentiate like what it takes to finally get over that hump. But it's so great to talk to people who have got over that hump, right? Like I think Washington's a perfect comparison to this Leafs team how many years Rosie could they not get over that hurdle in the Stanley Cup playoffs they finally did and the perception you know changed tenfold about that team right
0: yeah no one talks about it now that's for sure and I mean it's easy to point at the Leafs because of the the tenure they have held of not winning a series and goes back a long ways and and they've had some big collapses and some big upsets and some some heartbreaking losses and it's been kind of compounded one after another and and that's just the way it is and yeah the caps went through that as well they've got that Ovi and Backstrom and they've got goaltending. they had all the stuff and they kept coming up short coming up short and you know people would get on their case they don't they're not deep enough they don't have all the pieces yeah. they're putting all their eggs in one basket they they're not built for the playoffs and over and over again and then you just got to You just got to, that's why they always say, we just got to drown that shit out. That's why the teams close their doors to the media sometimes and just say, fucking beat it and let us do our thing here to the best of our ability. And when you get over that hump, I imagine it's even sweeter. And you know, those guys that have been on that roster for a long time That I think everyone remembers that cup, uh, that cup winning team because it was special. You could tell the jubilation on their face and Ovi in particular, it was, it was a special win for that group of players. And, uh, well deserved too and you know the Leafs just gotta do the same damn thing they've got the team this year I mean it's fucking embarrassing we're talking about can this team get by the first <laughs> round of playoffs they I know they're they're disgustingly good hockey team that have not yeah. even lost how many in a row all year it's just like they're very very good it is difficult in that division but there's no reason to think mm-hmm. they won't this isn't the same team they don't even have the same goaltenders they don't have the like they're a different team and you just interject a few different pieces, and you're you can't really compare the two. So, I mean, yeah, they've had the bad luck, but this uh, there's no reason to think they won't this year until they break your heart again. So that's why there's so much excitement, especially for this team.
1: My achy, breaky heart. You're right, but this journey over the next couple of months is going to be a lot of fun to document. Again, many thanks to Devonte Smith-Pelly for rolling by. For now, we're going to get to the Points bet wrap-up and our good friends over at PointsBet Canada for putting that together. Your questions, your concerns here in the YouTube chat. Tim writes in, now that was a nail-biter, but the boys showed grit and gumption. Love that word, gumption. Kerwin writes in, the things that get in your head when you play in Philly for too long. That's probably uh, something directed at Jay Rosell, right there, our guy Kerwin. Uh, coming in with his thoughts here, I'm uh, just reading as well. Um, Kerwin also writing in, I can breathe properly watching Lilligrand in our D zone. So that was nice. Uh, yeah, it was a tough night for Justin Hall, but I thought Lilligrand accounted, uh, very, very well. Kelly Yarncroke too, as Kerwin writes in has been a great story. He's going to score 20 this year, Rosie.
0: Yeah, that's, that's solid. I mean, he's pretty responsible defensively. Um, not a lot of big holes in his game and he can chip in on some of those, those big goals. He scored some big goals and made some nice plays that... That's huge. And again, that's that depth that goes deep where you can get those layers, man. You're not just, you're not just counting on that one shift where Matthews and Marner are out there. It can go deep. You can roll the lines, even in the playoffs and, and get that shit going where, you know, you can start to build momentum against a team, which is just so huge when you're trying to get that, that next goal in the playoffs. It's, it's nice, man. He's been awesome.
1: Oh, sorry, Kerwin. It was about D'Angelo. You're right. Um, the, uh, the exchange there. Yeah. And uh, he's only put a couple games in Philadelphia here in year one, but I, I see what you mean. That team's a fucking disaster and train wreck. And I'm not a big D'Angelo guy. And it sucks to say, cause I'm Italian. He's Italian. I just don't like the way uh, he does some stuff, obviously, but uh, I wasn't a big fan of sacking anyone. I don't care if it's Corey Perry. I don't care who it is. You just don't do that. Um, Kerwin also writes in. I feel like Zach Aston Reese has a big moment goal in him. Yeah, I just I'll take anybody on that roster who's not the big boys to score a massive goal. Like you need that. We had Devo on; he had seven goals, I think, two assists in that Stanley Cup playoff run, and he scored at some big moments.
0: Yeah, that's what you need, man. Uh, guys like that to to step up and show. Hey, I'm a I'm a power player. I'm a power uh, powerful player too, and a playoff yeah. performer is what I was looking for and every year guys that go deep teams that go deep they have those guys that stand off the page saying look what this guy freaking did for us and Mm -hmm. and their value usually kind of goes through the roof with that experience and and ability so i just can't i just can't be more excited for this playoffs to be sitting and watching a full game Mm -hmm. and see who steps up and and looking at what happened the next game and holy shit we got to get home and play again and it's just the excitement's going to be off the charts this year and uh i'm a little bit more invested in it than normal years but man this is uh They've got a nice deep team, and last night was just a nice uh, nice way to show that by getting the job done when their back's kind of against the wall a little bit.
1: I'm going to be full eggplant emoji for that entire first round against Tampa. Super Strict uh, says, nice win last night. Matthew writes in, that pass by Willie on the goal was so gorgeous. You're so right. Uh, and Prescott, yeah. is uh, is so solid, solid. Nice to see the puck going in for him a little more consistently. You're right, but I think given the contract they handed out, the multi-year deal, I would say he's lived up to expectation, maybe, and then some uh, for management so far here in the early tenure of Kelly Yarncoke with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, Rosie, we'll leave it at that. Again, a couple days off. Uh, Many thanks to Devontae Smith-Pelly, your former teammate, for hopping by here on the show. The Leafs next in action on Saturday, maybe a bit of a redemption night against Connor McDavid and company. The Oilers, first and foremost, have a game uh, tomorrow night in Boston against the Bruins, who have won 10 in a row here.
0: Yeah, rough one, rough one for sure. I think it'll yep. be a different story back in uh, Scotiabank Arena here on Saturday mm-hmm. for those pesky Oilers to come into town. So I, I hope all those Oilers fans on this chat are going to be ready for that mm-hmm. one.
1: I know Oilers Nation cold. is coming out and it's an Oilers Nation trip. They did one to Vegas earlier this year. So a bunch of them are actually coming down to watch this game. I hope they don't let them in the arena, quite frankly. Just know you're not coming in. Sorry. <laughs> can't do it.
0: It's going to be not, it's going to be nothing like when the Leafs Nation comes into their barns out west here. I was at the Calgary game right. the night after and it was just it was a third of Leafs fans and they were starting the chants and shit. It's it's degrading, so I'm sure they'll try their best, but maybe they can overpower the suits at Scotiabank. We'll
1: see. It is a Saturday night, so there is a possibility. Maybe you hit King West after the game. You know, I'll probably be there. Uh, I should also mention as well, another big guest on tomorrow's show, a former Toronto Maple Leaf uh, NHL head coach, Travis Green. We're going to we're gonna stop by with Travis later on today. We're going to interview him, so that'll be up on the show tomorrow. But for Rosie, uh, uh, great stuff today. We'll talk tomorrow, okay? Sweet. We'll see you there. All right, there you have it. That's Jay Rose. So many thanks again to Devontae Smith-Pelly. I'm Nick Elberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Take care.